I realized in the last episode that I waited to the very end to make my very important announcement. So this week it's coming at the beginning. And that is that the website is up and running. Jesus Loves You, This I Know now has a website. And I was really digging deep as to what the domain name should be. And jesuslovesyou.org is available, but I decided to not draw the monopoly on that. So you can find the website at jesuslovesyoupod.org. And there you can find all of the past websites. You can find transcripts. You can donate a little bit of information about me, some of the places where I've written. And so it's just one more way so that we can make Jesus's love a little bit more concrete. And as this project and this podcast grows, it'll be a great place for us to be able to connect. And so you can also reach out to me through the website. Now that that's off my chest, This week, we're going to talk about something that it's not necessarily personal, but like it kind of is. As a Catholic, as a Catholic woman, I'm often asked about whether or not I want to be a priest. And actually, I've struggled with it for a while. Mainly, I struggled with it in college at at the point when I was getting really, really serious about my Catholic faith and was falling more and more in love with Jesus and said, Jesus, you know, I want to serve you in the most obvious way possible. I want to be as close to you as possible. And what I saw at that time was being a priest seemed most obvious. And so the fact that because I'm a woman, I couldn't be a priest, I really did wrestle with that. And I struggled with it. I remember writing a paper in my logic class, trying to come up with a very formulated argument as to why I should become a priest. And I started asking the question a lot. I was a theology major, so in pretty much every class, I'd bring it up. And I started reading more and talking about it more. And when I started to learn about how good our bodies are, about the fact that our bodies are important, that they're not inconsequential, I started to come into the answer. I started to better understand that I, as a woman, have a very unique role in this church. And that role is just not to do whatever it is that I think will bring me closest to God, but to follow his Holy Spirit, which respects who I am as a woman. So we're not going to go into why it is that women can't be priests, although if you want to reach out to me, I'd be more than happy to talk to you about it. But so often I hear people talking about female priests and the fact that women can't be priests or one day will women be priests? And my heart sinks. It really does. Because it totally misses what is so beautiful about being a woman. It has nothing to do with our ability. It has nothing to do with the idea that women are supposed to be in the kitchen or anything like that. It has everything to do with who God made us to be. I'm Cecilia Ciccone, and Jesus loves you, this I know, because he made women. This conversation and talking about women is not going to be based on stereotypes or characteristics that can be variable for women to women. We're pretty much going to just straight up be talking about what it means to be a woman, what femininity is. As we have this discussion, don't worry, next episode we'll be talking about men and what they have to offer. And again, hint, it has nothing to do with individual ability. But we need to kind of address this fact that there's a deeper problem in our society of understanding diversity, that we think that if there are two or more options, that one has to be better than the other. And that's just not true. It's possible for all things to have equal dignity 
while being different. This is not separate but equal. This is saying that men and women have equal dignity even though they're different. That men and women can have different roles that are of equal dignity. And this is very interesting in our current context, in the United States at least, is that we have this discussion of race that's at the forefront of everything. And this very closely connects with that, is this reality that it's possible to have and acknowledge people of different races, for different cultures to bring different gifts to the table, and for them all to be treated with equal dignity. That's possible. It takes some work, though, because our tendency is just to want to say, oh, that one's better, but that's not the reality. And so I just want to kind of put forward a little bit of who I am. I am a single woman who works for the church full time. And even in my spare time, I use it for projects like this, for this podcast to evangelize. I'm talking about why women are so good from really, it comes from my personal prayer. It comes from my reading and my studying for sure. But this is really how I see my own femininity as such a gift. And it's not unique to me. Again, it is why being a woman is so good. Straight up, when we're talking about women, we're going to be talking about the body. We're going to be talking about the female body. In the Bible, it says man and woman, he created them. And so we're going to be talking about what it is that the female body reveals. This might feel uncomfortable if you're not used to it. We're going to get, it's not graphic necessarily, but we're going to be talking about the language of the body. I'm going to be using language that is deeply connected to human sexuality. And that's because human sexuality is good and it's beautiful. And God is very closely involved in all of this. And so just to start, just to make it clear that I'm not pulling this out of nowhere. This isn't something that I just came up with. We're going to actually turn to scripture uh, really quickly. I'm not going to read it. I'll just remind you of what takes place there. Because in the Old Testament, God consistently calls Israel, consistently calls the Jewish people his spouse, his bride. He refers to himself as the bridegroom, as we'll hear later. To the point, he takes this so seriously. It's not just like, oh, I love you like my bride. To the point where when Israel, when the Jewish people have consistently been unfaithful, God asks the prophet Hosea to marry a prostitute. So Hosea goes and marries a prostitute in front of all of the people, and then he stands up and says, Israel, this is what you have done. In the New Testament, Jesus actually does the same thing and reveals himself to be the spouse of the Jewish people. He reveals himself to be God, to be the one who loves Israel when he sits down with the Samaritan woman at the well. It's a conversation that talks a lot about marriage and ultimately reveals that Jesus is the one that this woman has been waiting for. And even the very last book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, talks about heaven being the marriage between the lamb, which is Jesus, and his bride, the church. We are that bride. As women, it's very easy to fall into and say, oh yeah, I'm a bride. I fell in love with Jesus. That language makes sense. It's much harder for men to say, yeah, I'm a member of the church, his bride. And this is something that's actually written into our very being, that the whole church is feminine because the church is a recipient of God's love. And women are naturally recipients. That's not something to do with our disposition. That's something that is written into the female body. 
this is something that is actually kind of graphically involved in the Easter Vigil, which is the Catholic liturgy that takes place the night before Easter Sunday. It takes place actually after dark when we read lots of readings from scripture and await for Jesus to come back from the dead. But we have this Paschal candle that's lit and we say Christ is our light and thanks be to God. And we have this candle and then the candle is placed in the baptismal font because here what that represents is that the light of Christ is entering into and really penetrating the world, the water of the world. God is coming in and he is freeing us with his light because that's the entire world needs to be that kind of recipient. Because here's the thing, all of humanity is called to receive God's love. We all have to be recipients of our love. It's the only way that we can get to our goal. That goal is heaven. If men want to be saved, they need to learn how to receive. They can't save themselves no matter how hard they want to. Women also need to receive God's love in order to be saved, but we have a distinct advantage because we know what it's like to receive. It's written into our very bodies. We also reveal to humanity the purpose of humanity. Women reveal that we are destined to be unified with God. This is clearest in Holy Communion. And I was really shocked. It was probably about a year ago now that for the first time I heard someone describe Holy Communion in really raw language which is that there are very few times in someone's life that another being enters into their body. That, of course, the marital embrace, what we call, that's when a human being enters into another human being's body. And at Holy Communion, Jesus enters into our bodies so that we will be intimately unified with him. That's something that is more difficult for men to understand and to really embrace. But I know at least for me as a woman, that idea of Jesus coming into me makes so much sense. It's so clear and it's something that because I physically experience it every single time that I come to Mass, I better understand that Jesus is my spouse, that when I am in heaven, I will be fully unified to him. It can be kind of uncomfortable, as I said. I'm not going to doubt that. And I'm trying to talk about it very, very carefully in such a way that does not blaspheme or make our Lord seem any less than he is. No, because this is just all a way that Jesus shows us that he loves us. That again, as we talked in the last episode, he doesn't just love our souls that he loves our bodies, that he loves us because he has given us these bodies through which we can understand how close he wants to be with us, how it is that we come to be fully unified to him. And there's also this uncomfortable reality of women are pretty vulnerable physically. I know I've discussed aspects of my own trauma before, but this is something as women, like we understand that idea of walking home alone at night in the dark and having your keys between your fingers. We see being a woman as possibly being weak or it's a negative aspect because it's so often taken advantage of. 
that that vulnerability, we wish we didn't have it. But that vulnerability in and of itself is neither good nor bad because the problem is not femininity in our vulnerability. The problem is others not respecting the gift of the glory that's within us, respecting the gift of our femininity and our God-given dignity. Because in an experience of true vulnerability, we experience that we need more than what we can give ourselves. This is something that's really hard to accept and to embrace as a good thing because we want to have everything under our control so that we know exactly how things will go, that we'll know that we are safe, that we will know that we are not taken advantage of. But when we talk about the reality of humanity, it's a very good thing to be aware that we can't do everything ourselves because the reality is that all of humanity needs to be saved. All of humanity has turned in on itself and is, is consumed by our own ideas of what things should be like. We're not able to get to heaven on our own. And in a real way, on our own, we're not safe. We need help. That vulnerability that women experience so often, although everyone does, it's not exclusive to women. I'm, I'm not pretending like that at all. But it's just something that comes more naturally because of the way God has made women that we know that we cannot do it alone. The strong, independent woman is awesome. And like I said, I'm a single woman. I live alone. I'm not talking about belonging to a man as being what women are supposed to do. But it's this reality that as humans, we do belong to somebody. We belong to God. It is beautiful to be able to recognize that, experience that vulnerability in our need for another, and to realize that God is the one who's right there fulfilling it always, that he's never left our side. The Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary, is really the ideal woman to talk about this in terms of someone who has received, she's received everything from God. She has been so open to God's love that God has become incarnate in her womb. God physically has entered into her body. She accepted the reality of vulnerability, of the fact that Joseph didn't know what was going to happen, of the fact that they were going to need to flee to Egypt. And she didn't shy away from the pain of being a woman, of being a mother, and even of loving her son and seeing him die. This touches on another role of women which is to bring life into the world. And in fact, this is the role of all Christians. All Christians are called to bring this supernatural life that God gives us into the world. Women, in a special way, again, it's written into our bodies that we bring life into this world. When I was planning this episode, I was initially thinking that I would have it addressed to women only. But the reality is, is that the existence of women is good for all of us. Of course, it's good for women. It's good for us to feel confident in our God-given femininity, confident in how God has made us and that it is good and that he loves us in the very core of our being and who we are. But women having us around, it's also good for men. It also reveals God's love to men. And not only in a Genesis, it's not good for a man to be alone kind of way not in a women are a nice helper for men. But again, it's looking at our end goal of heaven. This reality that women reveal the vulnerability that we all need to have in order to accept God's love. Take a second to imagine what the world would be like if it was only men. 
We probably all have different ideas of what that would be like based on our experience, stereotypes that we have ingrained in us, whatever it is. But when you imagine that, something is missing. Maybe you know exactly what it is that's missing. Whatever it is, it's the reality that the fullness of God, the image of God, has not been revealed if it's only men. Because that's what Genesis says, is that we need men and women to reveal the image of God. It's this complementarity, this relationship, this reciprocal nature that reveals who God is. None of us can be the hero all of the time. And in fact, when it comes to heaven, none of us can be. And as I said before, if all of this is new to you, this idea of women not only being good because we're strong and we love well or we're gentle and the tenderness of God, although all of that's true, but if this is new, that the very body of women, the feminine body reveals something about God, reveals something about human nature, something about how God loves humanity. I promise it didn't just come from me. And maybe it feels like a stretch. Maybe it feels like I'm just kind of trying to make these things connect. But really, everything in our world is connected. We see this all the time, even in like new age spiritualities. That's what they're pushing is that everything is connected. Everything influences one another. It's written into the fabric of our existence. And so the best way to see that the reality that I'm a woman is not disconnected from the reality that God loves me is to start to draw those dots. And I'd strongly encourage you taking this perspective to prayer, whether you're a man or a woman. If you're a woman thinking, what is God revealing in my femininity? And really asking and presenting him that question, God, why did you make me a woman? For men, you can ask God, God, what are you revealing through the women in my life? Because we really believe that everything that God does is a gift. Everything is a sign of his love. And women are no exception. In fact, often theologians refer to women as the crown of creation because we were the last ones made. And so this is really something that we can talk about more It has a different meaning for every person. If you're a man, it has a meaning based on your experience of women. If you're a woman, it's influenced also by the women in your life, your experience of your own sexuality, your understanding of whether you're grateful to be a woman or not. So it's a wonderful thing when we have these questions, something that's so tied to who we are as humans, we bring that to God. So don't take my word for it, take his and ask him because he has made you very good. This week's scripture is from the prophet Isaiah. He says, You will no more be called forsaken, and your land will no more be called desolate, but you shall be called my delight is in her, and your land married, because the Lord delights in you, and your land will be married. For as a young man marries a young woman, so too will your builder marry you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so too will your God rejoice over you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our saint of the week this week is St. Faustina. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska is a Polish saint. She lived in the early 20th century and she was a religious sister. 
And for some reason, only God knows, God chose to use her as an instrument to reveal his will for, I guess, the future of the church, really. And that is because Jesus started to appear to her in order to reveal his mercy. So I don't know, maybe you know the divine mercy image. If you don't, you can look it up. It's this image of Jesus and he's pointing to his heart and he has two rays coming out of his heart. One's red, one is white, or sometimes it's blue. And this is the two fonts of mercy coming out of Jesus's heart. It's like the blood and water that flowed from his heart on the cross. It's baptism in the cross. There's so many things that come from this font of mercy that comes from Jesus's heart. That He wanted us to know there had been all of these discussions of we should be devoted to divine justice because God is just. And Jesus wanted the world to know, no, well, yes, I, I am just, but my justice is mercy. I want you to know how much I love you. And he chose this little nun in Poland to tell the world about this. And what's interesting is that it was not an easy thing. You think Jesus just wanted people to know that he loves them. Like, what's the big deal? But St. Faustina actually faced quite a lot of difficulty. And even after her death, people did not want to read. She wrote this beautiful diary of all of the things that Jesus said in terms of how much he loves people, how much he wants them to know his mercy, how much we need to pray for people, especially when they're in their last moments, especially as they're dying. But because of a translation error, the church didn't approve it. It wasn't until a Polish pope, John Paul II, many years later came around and said, no, when you read the Polish, it's beautiful. It's just saying how much Jesus wants to love us, that then they approved it. So St. Faustina was this woman who shows in a really beautiful way how being a woman faithful to where God has called you makes you receptive God's love. And then in receiving God's love, like Mary, to bring it into the world in a new way. Now you see the divine image, or excuse me, the image of divine mercy all over. You see it in people's homes and in their windows. I actually, the cup that I have right now as I'm recording this episode, it says, Jesus, I trust in you, which is what's at the bottom of the divine mercy image. So St. Faustina saying yes and accepting her role as a woman in God's plan has brought his love, his mercy into our world in a deeper way. And interestingly, when I was in the convent, I remember a sister saying, I love divine mercy, don't get me wrong. I'm just not so sure how I feel about St. Faustina. Like, I don't feel a connection to her. And I remember laughing and saying, I think that's exactly what St. Faustina would want. St. Faustina, pray for us that we will know God's mercy and be open to how he wants to use us in the world. This week's love tap is connected to my job, actually. As I said, I'm a woman who, who works for the church full time. It's pretty much what I do with my entire life. And this is something, it's interesting because when people say, don't you want to be a priest? I think I am too busy doing all of the things that God has asked me to do in the church to become a priest separate from the theology, which I said I wouldn't get into in this episode. So I am so grateful to be working for the church and as a woman to have a very particular role to play. And one of those roles is that I teach some ninth graders. And because of circumstances this past week, I actually taught them two days in a row. And I was talking to them and normally we only meet once a week. And I said something about how I really enjoyed seeing them so much, but they were probably tired of seeing me. 
And when we talk in class, when, when I lecture, we have discussions. They're pretty intense discussions because ninth grade is their last year of religious education formally. And so I'm trying to move them into a little bit more of an adult understanding of the faith. I never quite know what their reactions are because we're doing it on Zoom. It's really hard to get feedback. And when I said that, you know, I'm sorry that you've had to see me two days in a row, several of the students sent me messages and said, just so you know, we actually look forward to this. And that was this beautiful reminder, again, that it's not me because I know I'm not some prophetic teacher. That's not it at all. But that God is loving these students, that the love of God and just presenting the truth of his love is attractive. It's when we make it complicated, when we throw all of these other things in, that it gets difficult. So that said, I want to close out this episode. What we're talking about, they're actually pretty difficult theological concepts, talking about the theology of the body, the fact that we're good, the fact that women and the fact that women exist is good. But we can make it simple in that everything that happens in this world is a sign of God's love. So women, men, the fact that we have bodies, all of it is a sign of God's love. And I hope that that, even though I babble about a lot of other things, I hope that that's what you remember most. That everything that happens, everything that you see, everything that you experience, that you're able to turn to the Lord and say, God, how are you loving me here? Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us as human beings, men and women. Thank you for constantly pouring your love out for us in so many ways. Lord, teach us how we can receive that love fully, how we can be open to receiving it so that we can bring new life, your life, into our world, which so desperately needs it. Lord, we pray for all of the women who are in our lives, especially those who may be struggling with their femininity struggling with what it means to be a woman. Help us, Lord, so that we will know that there is not just one way of being a woman. There is not just one way of being loved by you. Help us, Lord, to be able to hold all of the things, all of the truths that you are inviting us to hold and understand. We ask this through Christ our Lord, who has made us his beloved brothers and sisters, beloved daughters and sons of his Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. My name is Cecilia Ciccone, and this has been Jesus Loves You, This I Know, a podcast on God's love. This podcast is supported by you, the listeners, and the Holy Spirit, but we live in the world even though we're not of it. So if you feel moved to provide some financial contribution to help support the cost of this podcast, I would be most grateful. You can do so on Venmo at CEC underscore squared or you can go to our brand new website, jesuslovesyoupod.org, and you can donate by PayPal. Also, I love connecting with you on social media, where you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at CEC squared. All right, that's it for this week. Until next time, we'll be united in prayer. And remember, Jesus loves you, this I know, because, well, because of everything. Everything.